Warning, this podcast uses audio that is real and may be disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. It's the summer of 1990, and you're sitting under a cool, starry night listening to the radio. Then you come across this station. Eerie as it sounds, this wasn't a one-off occurrence. Mysterious stations with disembodied voices started appearing by the dozens throughout the 20th century. And no one knew what they were, who was responsible for them, or why they existed. Welcome to episode two of Mindbender, a show about audio that shouldn't exist. I'm your host, Vlad, and in this episode, we explore mysterious radio stations, also known as number stations. This is episode two, Spirits in the Airwaves. Amateur radio operators around the world started discovering these stations soon after World War II, although it's believed that they began appearing even earlier. Because of their unknown origins, there aren't many number station experts to speak to. But their alignment with the Cold War pointed towards that as a starting place to dig deeper. Here's Ian Sanders, a chronicler of Cold War secrets. My name is Ian Sanders. I'm the host of the Cold War Conversations podcast. From what I understand, the first known use of, of number stations was from around World War One, when um, these messages were transmitted via Morse code. They're curiously hypnotic if you listen to them. They're almost lyrical. When, when you listen to a number station, you're basically listening to a group of spoken numbers. And the message normally has a header. And then the following numbers are the contents of the message. is just a disembodied voice and I think it's common with most of them is that you can recognize that it's a voice but it just sounds disembodied because obviously these numbers have been recorded separately or are being generated by an automatic voice. They were certainly very prolific during the Cold War era and it's just unnerving. If number stations were the unclaimed children of the Cold War, did they disappear when it ended? No. They stayed around. They are ghost children haunting the airwaves, hidden in unknown stations, 
to be found by the occasional hobbyist. A spooky reminder of an unknown world. But what's it like to be flipping through channels and come across this strange phenomenon? I have uh, stumbled onto a number station. This was actually before I was an amateur radio operator. I was able to connect with Josh Nass, an expert in radio. My name is Josh Nass. My amateur radio call sign is KI6NAZ. I run the Ham Radio Crash Course YouTube channel. And a man that accidentally stumbled across a number station one night. I was playing around with a shortwave radio and you know anybody can buy a shortwave radio and I actually suggest they do they're good for emergency purposes and I was just you know tuning around the the frequency space and I picked up a it was like a Cuban uh, number station at least I think it was I, I didn't know for sure but the numbers were all in Spanish and so that was uh, that was interesting that was the first time I, I stumbled upon something like that and that's kind of always fun when you you kind of haphazardly fall into a uh, into a number station or something odd. And what does an experienced radio operator think of the stations? I mean, they're fascinating for a number of reasons. We don't know why they're there. We don't know uh, who they're communicating to. We don't know. In some cases, we don't even know who's uh, who's doing the broadcast. And obviously, we don't know the the meaning of the message that they're sending. So yeah, for that for that reason, it's just the you know everybody loves a good mystery. But these aren't just random kids playing a very long prank. It costs a lot of money to power a station that transmits around the world. If you if you had a shortwave station, you would need a, an appropriate antenna because you want you don't want to talk to people in your country. So you would need to back that up with a lot of power to be able to transmit. So people use you know massive amplifiers. Countries would have to have to generate the type of power to feed into the antenna to get their RF as far as possible. So yeah, it can be very expensive. All that money and decades of secrecy, what are they hiding? While researching the subject, I came across an article in Wired Magazine that mentioned something called the dead hand. I mentioned the dead hand to both Ian. I, I have heard that theory. Um... And Josh. So the thought with that is, um, <laughs> This is one again. These are all theories. They're not backed up by by any facts. Um, that this tone, this intermittent tone, is is always playing. And some people believe if that tone ever stops, it's like a message. Um, if they stop transmitting, that once you're no longer hearing a transmission from your home country release the hounds the bombs are flying get ready it's armageddon time the soviet submarines know to launch their nuclear weapons In the sad words of Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the first nuclear weapon, we knew the world would not be the same. A few people, people laughed, laughed. a few people, people cried. cried. Most people were silent. I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, Vishnu says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. 
but now we're sitting on a secret. Number stations that act as a trigger for Armageddon. A giant cocked gun pointing at all of our heads. If one goes silent, the world goes silent. A wild idea. What do you do with that? Then it all changed one night when I was listening to this station. On the next Mindbender, part two of Spirits in the Airwaves, we find out if humanity survives the number stations and decipher one of the signals.